You're listening to the Laugh Factory Podcast Network. For more shows, visit the podcast page at laughfactory.com. Hey guys, welcome to the... Ad- <laughs> I'm here just waiting for Zowsers. I'm not going to say Zowsers I'm again. I'm glad we're phasing it out. Maybe people can give a better intro. I kind of miss it now that now that it's gone. Though. Zowsers. <laughs> oh my God. Welcome to the after laugh, the pre-laugh laugh. We still haven't figured that one out either. <laughs> this, this whole thing is a work in progress. Um, hopefully in 10 years, Tommy, when we're still doing this podcast <laughs> in my yard in front of my 200 square foot studio apartment. <laughs> it's exactly where it was when we started. <laughs> it's just about to break. Okay, uh, this, this episode is with uh, one of my favorite comics and personalities, because I, I feel like comic is diminishing, for, is Jason Rouse. Now, if you're Canadian, you're like, oh, Jason, eh? You know who he is already? <laughs> he is so dumb. He, that, he, is a, he is kind of an underground legend. Now, Tommy, if you were to be a legend, would you prefer to be like a legend or like an underground legend? I think there's a little more uh, romance of being an underground legend because yeah, you can live cool? a normal life, but you've got this really hardcore respect from the people that know yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it, no it, fake fans with an underground legend. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. So they're, they're the real fans. So uh, Jason, he performs at the Laugh Factory. He he's a great comic, but he is also probably one of the sounds so stupid to say one of the dirtiest comics I know. But it's completely, it's so authentic and it's so true to who he is that he, like I, I mentioned the podcast, but he does a bit where he's talking about banging old women in nursing homes and making sound effects about it. And it, it, it shocks me. So if it shocks me, then it's definitely going to be, uh, it's definitely going to be hard for, for like a Saturday night laugh factory, <laughs> well-dressed, you know, audience to do. Uh, anyway, uh, part of the reason I had Jason on the podcast too is I'm going to be in Europe with Maz Jabrani. I have a show April 6th in uh, in London at Cadigan Hall. Oh, that's mm. cool. And then I'm going to be in France, Paris, France, and then Copenhagen, Oslo, Amsterdam, Rotterdam, which I guess is a place. Rotterdam. Have you ever heard of Rotterdam? Sounds like the less successful cousin of Amsterdam. Yeah, Rotterdam. That's, Rotterdam. A, that's apparently a thing. That, that sounds people- like it's in the deep south. Rotterdam. Rotterdam. <laughs> oh, hey, Rotter man, God you know damn. what they say? Rotterdam. <laughs> uh, so Get her done, Rotterdam. I don't even know what country Rotterdam is in. Probably. Uh, the one that know, Amsterdam <laughs> is in? What yeah, country is Holland. that again? <laughs> yeah, the Netherlands. What's it called? Is it Holland or the Netherlands? They don't even know. Yeah, and then you're Dutch? Fucking get your act together, <laughs> motherfuckers. Anyway, so I'll be, and then like Oslo and Stockholm and Gothenburg, and uh, yeah, it's going to be a whole thing. So I wanted Jason. Jason is a, he's a huge star in Scandinavia hmm. because he's like a death metal comic. Yeah. Uh, and he opens for like metal bands I bet. He dresses Norway. like Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah, he's, 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 he's an authentic dude. Anyway, we smoked... Uh, a joint. He smoked a joint. I pretended to. I did a Bill Clinton like pretended, <laughs> but didn't. He smoked it, and he mentions how the weed has opened him up. He was very vulnerable. Honest. It, this is one of my favorite interviews. I'll be honest with you. I think. I think it. I. I. I, I half the time he's talking, I. I'm like, this guy's a genius, and half the time I'm like, I just want to hug you and make you feel better. Oh my god. But he's just like. Yeah, he he he's a one he's a truly a one of a kind. I think his yeah. comics we all want to be a one of a kind. For sure. Right? Like you don't want to be what are you? 
Like, I don't want to be a club comic. Mm. That be, oh, like I was, oh, he's Generic, a frat douche. Forgettable. Although today I was called the Laugh Factory Zaddy. <laughs> I don't know if it's Zaddy or Zaddy. I think Zaddy. Zaddy? Yeah. So I guess that's good. When did I, be, <laughs> when did I become, when I go from like, oh, he's Remember like. Remember when I said Z's are in lately? Z's are in. Yeah, that's true. Oh, you did say that. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So for some reason I went from being like cool to like zaddy you know what i mean zaddy is cool it's cool but like why couldn't i just be like a normal guy that women find attractive like you could only find me special well so now my whole thing is like i'm the daddy i'm the zaddy (laughs) is that gonna be my fucking album anyway it's gonna be your legacy (laughs) moving on so i will be in (laughs) europe by the way if you have any questions or comments or uh, guests you want on, please email Tom at LaughFactory.com and me- make sure to subscribe on SoundCloud or like us and subscribe. Do you subscribe on iTunes too, right? Yeah, rate and subscribe on iTunes. Yeah, you have to rate. You have to give us five stars. We're doing um, pretty well on iTunes. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, good. Every so, week, um, growing. Yeah, so people, people, I've been getting a lot of random messages from people like I went to high school with, from like people in New York, people overseas, like random people. I would never like, hey, I heard your podcast. Yeah, so uh, so check it out. Jason Rouse, one of the best working day. And if you don't know him, follow his shit. R-O-U-S-E. Bye-bye. It's the after laugh, after laugh. Welcome to the after laugh, after laugh, after laugh. <laughs> after laugh, man. <laughs> Go ahead, pull up a chair. <laughs> Hey guys, it's Bill. Whoa, that was a big hey, huh? Hey guys, it's Bill Dawes. Welcome to the After Laugh. I'm here with um, Jason. I don't know. This is Jason Rouse. Now, Jason, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but you are probably, I would say, maybe four people in my life make me laugh as hard as you. <laughs> I swear to God, you are you're the f- and, and as a stand-up, but also as a human being. We we've uh, we've hung out. In these very same apartment buildings. Yes. Uh, when I lived next door, and I've upgraded to a apartment about half the size. Very nice. Um, and uh, y- I don't know, man. There's there's something there's something about you, buddy. You're fucking hilarious. Anyway, thank you. Welcome. Yeah, <laughs> welcome thanks. to the yard, man. Thanks. For, I haven't seen you in a while. How long has it been? You know. It has been a little while. You were out of town, and I was out of town, and it was kind of back and forth. Yeah. I think the last time we really hung out, we knew we were playing the baseball player. Yeah. Wait, did you? You didn't see that, did no, you? No, no, no. Okay, I yeah. saw some of the stuff come in through your social media. Yeah. You were on uh, a live morning show in character. Oh, that's right. That's so, it was with Regis Philbin. Is that what it was? Yeah. Regis Philbin had a show. Was it called The Best? And Michael Costa was a host Yeah, on and it? you were on live television in character. I thought and that I was kind of neat. came in as, as a Mickey. comedian. I was like, oh, this. of course you're in this situation. Yeah. Because it's not like you need a, a, a list of dialogue and they need cues yeah. to maintain it. So you, you know what you're But it's also like nobody knows me, so I had to show up as Mickey Mantle so it would be somehow relevant. Yeah, you did it like a... Kaufman, what is that? Uh, method acting? <laughs> I, was me- I was method morning interviewing. Didn't Harvey Keitel come on somebody method acting? I've heard story. Yeah, Bad Lieutenant. I hope so. <laughs> I think he did a lot of crazy shit like that. Um, I'm smoking just because I'm a Jason Rouse fan and I want to mm. be a part of this. I'm getting it. I'm getting rid of the cigarettes. I'm, Are you? I'm trying to get more uh, f- occupy my time by being more a- athletic. Are you Are you serious? Yeah. Now you you look athletic. I Were you an athlete ever? Walk. See, when I was younger, you would assume hockey. 
because you're from. Oh yeah, well let's let's get the, let's get your story. You'll hear the boots and the a's <laughs> and the sorries and all that stuff during the course of this next uh, conversation. But um, yeah, I'm originally from Canada. I'm and you're from Hamilton, right? From Hamilton. Thanks for making the effort because yes. most people, I will say, have to use Toronto as kind of like a bullet point. Yeah. And say I'm an hour from Toronto, but I'm not from Toronto. There's a very different uh, vibe. Uh, yeah, especially between Toronto and Hamilton. Oh, I'm sure Toronto people just shit on Hamilton people all oh, the time. Of course, right? the whole and then uh, Hamilton people kick the shit out of everybody. There, it's a great place for a hangover and a black yeah. eye. and it gives you street cred, I imagine too. Totally, you know, not so much now, but when I was younger, um, when you would say where you people, where you from? I'm from Hamilton. They they give you a little distance. You know, it was yeah. steel, uh, a lot of unemployment, and a, uh, a like a. Um, a Pittsburgh, from what oh, I've been told. It. So it used to be a, a mill town that shut down or something? Yeah, steel mill, which I think supplied a lot of the steel to, to the car industry in Detroit. And uh, was a massive uh, steel industry there. Yeah. And I'm guessing the late 60s, 70s, and 80s. Yeah. And then there were some big strikes. And I think all that's when a lot of the industry, especially automotive and all that, went to Asia. Or, uh, yeah, everything uh, went know. to China, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, now, we I've known you for a while, and I've been a fan of yours for a while. But I don't really know much about your story other than the fact that I do know, I think I saw <laughs> one of your first sets on TV when okay. you were a very different Jason Rouse. Sure. Uh, and I think it was about your donkey yeah. maybe biting your dick or something like that. No, no. No, it was, it was, it was like Pet clean. donkey. Your pet donkey. And the, oddly enough, that donkey joke is probably the most reference joke and serious? one of the least favorite things that I had ever invested in <laughs> it had and I used it as a uh, I needed to fill a chunk in the middle to kind of bring them down a little bit that wasn't so uh, graphic and uh, vile uh-huh. um, so I I went to the physicality aspect of it and kind of created this hillbilly what, what was thing. the joke again it was about um, growing up it was tough you know we didn't have a dog or a cat we had a donkey and um it was um uh we had a pet donkey and uh my father would say stay out of our yard <laughs> and the donkey would kick them in the head or something <laughs> like that oh no and the kids would come around the fence and ask if the donkey bit and my father would say no the donkey doesn't bite but and then the don they'd come over and pet the donkey the donkey would kick them <laughs> would that really happen too uh no but i did uh part of my on my father's side of the family a lot of farming Oh. Uh, on the Rouses. Yeah. Um, my family's had a farm in New Brunswick for like over 100 years. There's oh, actually wow. a, a Rouse Road. A Rouse Road. Rouse Road. There's a, a cemetery not far from my grandparents' house that has um, maybe um, three different families. But to see all the Rouse tombstones, it's crazy. Wow. You look at your kind of... All right, I'm in. I'm do you in have the your line. Pl- do you have your plot waiting for I you? I think so. I I want to do that and create a kind of a, a Jim Morrison thing. I was gonna have a, a, a uh, I'm actually gonna put together um, a Kickstarter thing where people can buy tickets to my funeral, and That's the money's hilarious. gonna be used to raise uh, for a tombstone. I'm gonna design that people can do drugs on and fuck on and stuff. <laughs> it's like a fuck stump. With a drug tray on it, <laughs> so people will come there and piss on my grave. It's gonna look like a urinal, but it's gonna have a flat top so you can fuck and do drugs on it. What? I think that's the best I'm thing not I've gonna ever have heard. kids. You're not gonna have kids. No, that you know I about. Can't. You, what do you mean you can't have kids? One abortion. 
One abortion. And I don't think I can go through that again. How <laughs> <laughs> you? Well, I did it myself with a hockey skate and a guy with Parkinson's and some stirrups. And we made the Philly smoked beet piss-soaked goat hair sandwich. You would love it. No, I, I'm, uh, I had a, an engagement maybe eight years ago that w- with a woman I potentially would have had children with. Oh, you were engagement. So it was like a... You, were you engaged or no? You I were. was engaged. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> How long were you engaged? Uh, like a few years. A few years. A few years. And is this a story you were telling me yesterday where you found out that she was not a good person? Oh, which one? That's all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Those fucking cunts. Uh, they're probably watching. God damn it. Bitches. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, so how did you go from... Uh, did you grow up on a farm, though? No. No. Uh, I grew up in Hamilton in the East End. Is that like a rough and tumble area? Yeah, in yeah. Barton and Ottawa. You know, that that was the... Uh, I didn't know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because everybody in my community, uh, you know, I thought my grandparents were kind of middle class, and we thought they were rich. Yeah. So the neighborhood, it was all a lot of single parents, uh, uh, single mothers with... Single mom. uh, um And um, like immigrants and stuff, mostly some native... And there's a lot of there's big native population in Canada. Yeah. People don't really talk. Yeah, about yeah. There much. was a couple of native kids in our, but there was like one black kid. Like this is late seventies. Yeah. And um, a couple, you know, uh, Middle Eastern kids and stuff like that, Pakistani or something like that. But not too. Uh, it was it was uh, you know it was kids wild raised by parents that were probably too young to have kids to begin with on their own in an industrial wasteland it was like district nine like in certain parts of it oh wow it looks like blade runner yeah not to mention even today the city the the steel hasn't completely evaporated from it it's still big industry but there's the the skyway bridge that comes over the city but the factories all along lake ontario which is the largest freshwater lake in the world oh, yeah, but okay. it's kind of poisoned through the steel industries yeah. dumped in there for 50 years yeah but uh, there's fucking flames that shoot up like 60 feet in the air out of these stacks. When you come in the city, it's like the Death Star. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? But now Toronto's become such a, uh, a, um, a very expensive place yes. to live. It's become like, it's Manhattan. It's, yeah. It's Manhattan in 1930s. Yeah, yeah. It, it's rent starting to go up, so people are turning my hometown into Williamsburg. Oh, God. It's an artist. Now community. it's a hipster place. Yeah, there's a Starbucks. Yeah. I went in. I went back, and a, a, there was a new Starbucks downtown, and I walked in, and I go, Starbucks, and they go, yeah, and I go, it's nice, and they go, we know, right? <laughs> like, a McDonald's went out of business across the street years earlier, you know, yeah, and yeah. it wasn't uh, the downtown core, once all the shopping malls in the 80s had kind of erupted, it pulled all the industry, the mom and pop yeah. out of the city, so it just kind of rotted from the inside. But now it's too expensive in Toronto, and people have taken all the industrial, all these beautiful old warehouses that I've done a ton of drugs in and partied <laughs> in, are now like very expensive uh, business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yuppies live there. Yeah. Now, you've been called uh, the most Cunt metal face. comic of uh, of all. I would not say that, but Metal Hammer magazine said that a number of years ago. So, how do you go from being a kid in Hamilton? doing mostly clean material to becoming the unique persona that you are now like what was your what was your upbringing well like? that Metallica 
you you mentioned that in 1988 metallica came to hamilton ontario and the coliseum um which is uh cops coliseum at that time was just built um few years earlier and it was one of the, like this metallica yeah it's coming to fucking hamilton and you were already a big fan we couldn't sleep <laughs> you know the one video had just come out <laughs> yeah. uh that album on justice for all was like they became a pop band you know on yeah they're being commercial radio on you know and uh so now um we're gonna go see metallica and we've you know the metal magazines and all that so i uh, that was always kind of in my back pocket and i carried through you know my uh life in skateboarding and bmx and just being a downtown yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. kid were you kind of like a street kid were you like oh up yeah to no good? yeah yeah we I, what were your parents like what were they my father my parents split when i was four okay so my father wasn't around so i was raised primarily by my mother until she remarried when i was like 15 and um but uh, my my mother's like I don't even curse in front of my mother. Really? Yeah, like she's come out to some shows, and there was <laughs> parts of my career earlier in the beginning where she had uh, was just was confused by the subject <laughs> matter. You know, like why? Where did it come from? Well, yeah, like what I you know what did I do wrong? She knew I was an, uh, an angel by far, but I I think she imprinted a moral compass mm -hmm. in me and why would I would go so hard because I wanted to be something that was uh, um, a, a, an anomaly a, a juxtaposition yeah. Yeah. to add um, some more cryptic uh, elements to it layers to it yeah, yeah you yeah. know what I mean yeah, so sure. and I'm sure you know this that some of the filthiest comedians are the, how nice is David Tell yeah, of course. So nice. Yeah, you know, and it goes down from there. They're usually, the bluer the comic, the, the, the nicer the most, they are. Yeah. I, 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 I remember they have no, they have, they're not carrying any um, shame, yes. or um, uh, shame. Yeah, I have no shame. I have no shame. So I wrote an article for Punchline magazine called "In Defense of Rape Jokes," which I've since scrubbed from. I saw your bumper sticker. <laughs> <laughs> I've scrubbed from the internet for obvious reasons. But one of the things I said in the in the blog was like, "Hey, everyone says Bill Cosby is such Isn't a nice family." Isn't it weird that you've mind. had to scrub that from the internet? Yes, yes. That's a shame. That's disgusting. You know, Lenny Bruce has gone to prison, and now we're having to uh, hide. Uh, like it's like book burning, yeah. isn't it? A little bit, yeah. It's kind of like book burning. Do you, do you feel that that's uh, affected how you... It probably hasn't affected how you approach your comedy at all. It, it helps me define it. Yeah. It helps me. It really draws... The more the higher the wall is, the more I know where it is. Yeah. And it gives me more of a... Um, I just look at these banner flag raisers um, for all, all these causes and what have you. Is They just mark themselves... For the direction that I'm going in, I'm not avoiding any of this. Yeah, you know, I go onto it f full form, and um, I have nothing to. Um, uh, I've never apologized, or uh, people have apologized on letters on my behalf. Okay. For business purposes, sure. For legal situations. Yeah. And um, but I uh, I can. Um, uh, we have people in Finland watching my nice. buddy. Now, have you had have you had the legal situation? I want to talk about that. So, what? Give me an example of uh, a legal situation that came. Are you allowed to talk about it? Yeah, I can talk about stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, we're because in, in in Canada, and I might be wrong about this, but Canada still has laws about hate speech, even for comics. Correct. Uh, a French Canadian comedian 
who uh, is in, in an ongoing lawsuit right now, um, he got sued by uh, a family for the the young man's feelings being hurt in a joke that he did in the special maybe like seven years earlier. Yeah. And he's had to pay out over $150,000. Holy shit. Yeah. So for a joke that was seven years previous. Yeah, in a special that this kid had met the Pope and um, he didn't die. He was supposed to die. It was some sort of terminal thing. And anyway, he didn't. So, well, if you get to meet the Pope, you've got to die. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. You made your deal. Uh, you know, and that was the, the That was of, the joke? That was a sh- sure. And, and, you know, and something else mm-hmm. in French. Yes. But that was the, the gist <laughs> of it. And uh, he's basically, so I have an upcoming tour in Canada and I'm trying to get arrested. Yes. Is, is Great press. What um, I'm working towards is a, um, a, a kicking, screaming arrest. We're bringing <laughs> strippers into the club. Yeah. Maybe there'll be some pussy. Maybe there'll be some pussy. <laughs> When um, we're doing the uh, No Gods, No Masters tour, and uh-huh. uh, which will be Canada, Sweden, and Denmark, I think so far. Mexico City. Oh wow! In November, uh, a few shows in Mexico City, and Sweden, Norway, Denmark. Yeah. Yeah. Canada. S- so how did you how did you develop your voice as a comic? Did that because wh- you start? Did you start off as a different comic than you are now? What did you what What do you call it when you you read you tr- you uh, uh, a fortune teller talks through somebody else. A medium. A medium. Yeah. I mediumed initially, and you can see that in the donkey aspect m- yeah. more more prominently is Jim Carrey. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Jim was such a huge influence. And as a Canadian as well, yeah. And I had some of the physicality already mm-hmm. was in place, and there was some sort of, uh, you know, him, he grew up half hour from me. Oh, wow. And I was already a fan of Living Color. Um, you know his various television appearances like this guy's from our town like he's this is crazy Ace Ventura brilliant you know dumb and dumb like I was like fuck and then when the mask had come out and is and um, uh, I think it was maybe around that yeah the mask had come out or was it just be just after that anyway Jim was the definite influence I didn't know what it was and what I'd seen, you know, I watched dozens and dozens of A&E's at the Improv and various Canadian stand-up shows at like four in the morning. And yeah, like, yeah. what do you mean they smoke pot? <laughs> you know, and like various characters. So the 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 um, American sense of stand-up comedy didn't see it. And then Kennison, it was like, yeah. whoa, you can do that too? Yeah. Robin Williams, you know, more Steve Martin, absurd, you know, uh, the thinker, Stephen Wright. I was like, okay. You're kind of like your own band, yeah. And you can you can make all the sounds and do all all the instruments the way that you want to do them to your best ability, yeah. And play your instruments, you yeah. know what I mean? And um, um, so the Metallica thing was in my back pocket. Jim was in the front, and I was in this apocalyptic, go nowhere city. Yeah, things were bad. Yeah, things were bad for you personally. Things were bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really bad. Does that mean like trouble with the law or drugs or both or? Oh, name it. It yeah. was bad. <laughs> okay. Like, there was blood all over my house. Oh boy. We had some situations. Yeah. Uh, I've had my nose broke. The guy who punched me had both of his thumbs cut off with bull putter, uh, bull cutters. Mm-hmm. They cut his thumbs off. Who's they? 
my friend's uh, mother's boyfriend. Oh, wow. And um, it was not a, the stakes. A pharmaceutical drug started to infiltrate my social circles in yeah. probably the early 90s. Mm-hmm. Things, people that never even were into it and were now friends of mine that were professional athletes, boxers and what yeah. have you, fighters in all forms, and uh, were now addicted to prescription drugs. Like Oxycontin mostly? Yeah. yeah. Percocets. Yeah. You know, Tylenol 3s. Yeah. Know, low end stuff. These guys would get hurt. Yeah. And, you know, they're rough kids. Yeah. I take a bunch of painkillers. Well, that slides out. Yeah. And uh, I didn't like the kind of Jekyll and Hyde things. It really poisoned a lot of close friends of mine. Yeah. And um, so when my friend had come over and seen all the blood at my house, he's like, dude, he's like, he, he wanted to be an actor. We went to high school together. He's actually going to come visit me in June, I think, or uh, Canada Day, Ju- 4th of July, I think, okay. late June. Anyway. And I still, uh, yeah, mainly our friendship is on this kind of crossroads. And he's like, dude, you need to be a comedian. I need to be an actor. Let's go to Vancouver. And I'm just like, I'm like, it can't get any worse than this. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and you hadn't, you hadn't been thinking about doing comedy at that point? No, I was more the kitchen guy at the house party, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 and yeah. then I, I'm, on a handful of times, especially where I was moved, the, the writing was on the wall. I had some friends, parents, these bikers and shit would like, you should be a comedian. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. know what I mean? I didn't know what be. How do you be a comedian? Yeah. Like, I, I didn't know. All my family were working class people. You're not getting into the fucking arts. Yeah. yeah. We'll run you out of town. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Were you told by your mother, like, hey, don't do it, or your dad, don't no, do it? No, um, not only that, but I didn't tell anybody I did. Okay. I hid it because I knew there would be, I pre, you know, because my family was so working class, and I knew about apprenticeship. Yeah. And putting in hours and, like, when am I getting paid? That's not happening. Yeah. Comedians, what, how much money do you make? <laughs> You're done. <laughs> You're fucking fired. Yeah. And we're, you know, relatively successful people, and even at this level, if you're getting into this to make uh, fuck money in your first five years, yeah, you're done. Yeah, I, f- I feel like more and more people are unwilling to accept that as a fact. And that's okay, because that thins it out. Yeah, it, it does. It cuts the fat in a hurry. Even though some people just through mental illness and pure drive, they're around and you know them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you got you to gotta go. Yeah. You got to go. I think because of everything with Instagram and social media, people feel like they're-, they're They've gotten voices. Yeah. You know, the the uh, Marx Brothers, before they did a movie, they would tour it around and see if it worked. Oh, wow. Yeah. They didn't have a, an internet to yeah. just go, ta-da. Yeah. They had to go from town to town and, okay, we change this word, we do this. This is a work in progress. And that yeah. that's a movie, is an hour, stand-up. It's that, it's a cycle, a 12-month cycle. Yeah. And were you an only child? No. I have a, a younger sister, four years younger. And uh, a brother from my mother's second marriage who's oh, okay. 12 years younger. Yeah, because a lot of people who are older brothers, that's usually a, a slightly different path as a comic because a lot of only children are youngest because for whatever reason. Um, so you were kind of, you were the man of the household too, right? In certain times, yeah. Yeah. As a, as a toddler, <laughs> you know, uh, y- it was like all the male figures in my life were like, steel workers yeah and like 
the little rascals. Yeah. <laughs> and there was nothing in between that. Yeah. So it took me, you know, in that time when I moved to Vancouver, I started with uh, Seth Rogen. Oh, wow. Seth Rogen and I were on open mics in Vancouver. Oh, really? Yeah. Did, could you tell then that he had something special where you're like, this yeah, guy? Yeah, it was great. He was already kind of a prodigy in the yeah. comedy community. He mm. was 15 years old. Wow. He had little dreadlocks. I remember that in a corn shirt. <laughs> this is like 92. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, sorry, 90, 94. Yeah. 93. No. No, it must have been 95 because that's when I started. Yeah. It was, it was June of 95. Yeah. And um, he was there and we, you know, we, we talked and I thought it was cool that he'd show his grandparents would come to the show and he'd tell jokes about his Jewish grandparents and uh, he was, uh, and then Freaks and Geeks. Yeah. And then Judd and so on and so forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And I haven't seen him since. Oh, maybe he'll listen to this. Probably not. But um, when you got to Vancouver, so you moved with your friend who wanted to be an actor. You moved to Vancouver. Yeah. You got like a, a room together. Well, first little... of all, we go down to the city of Hamilton and get an emergency welfare check. Oh. I didn't know this was possible. But you can go in. Hamilton's got a great system, yeah. health, and take care of, you know, even though there's a lot of homelessness. Yeah. And things. In, so they know, just give you, you go show up and they yeah, give this you. Is, give, this is 93. Yeah. So my friend tells me he knows the system. He's been in and out of jail and stuff. and. I actually went to his court case where he went to jail and I have a scar on my ass from he was ironing his pants for <laughs> court yeah. and I was bugging him because I'm going to jail. And I go, you're not going to jail. He goes, I'm going to jail. <laughs> and I pulled on my pants to fart on him. And he put a red hot iron <laughs> and I was at a house party months later and I was showing my asshole to somebody. <laughs> trying to get a girl's attention <laughs> and it. my buddy goes what the fuck is that <laughs> and i go what yeah, you're in the know. mirror everyone's looking at my ass <laughs> and it looked like a piece of swiss cheese it had the vent holes on my ass it was fucking like for seven years oh my god it left a white triangle on my shit locker it was still there no it, it dissipated <laughs> but i had a couple hey what's that on your ass from a couple of girls they're like ah oh, you know you spilled paint in the garage at my house <laughs> My That's dad great. puts a hot iron on your ass. <laughs> oh, fuck. Where were we? Um, so we're talking about the get coming up in Vancouver. Yeah, show up in Vancouver. And I kind of moved away from everything. Yeah. Um, I show up in Vancouver. We got an emergency welfare check, we're, we're a little bit of money, and we're showing up in Vancouver, and we'll, we'll go to a hostel. I didn't know. Like, what? So we ended up staying in the worst hostel in the heroin district <laughs> in Vancouver, like, oh like apocalyptic. Like it's still, I don't know if you've been to Vancouver. Uh, I've never been. No. Hastings Street, yeah. legendary. Yeah. Like it, at that point, it's downsized because they've introduced fentanyl into the drug market. Oh, okay. And yeah. it's people are taking lethal injections. Yeah. So they're dissipating the herd to get, regain the real estate all downtown. Oh, man. They're killing them off. Intentionally, you think? My, oh, most definitely. My friends are local East Van dudes that know the flux of that area of the city. And he goes, yeah, man, like so, some of my friends are junkies. Yeah. And um, they say, yeah, they're, they're dosing it. They're finding it in marijuana and stuff. Oh, wow. That's yeah, crazy. Because everyone has this, uh, this idea that Canada is like such a nice, you know, Neverland. It's money, man. And heroin is doesn't reside in any location. Yeah. It's supply and demand, and yeah. Vancouver's always had for thirty plus years. Yeah, port cities, you yeah. know, always had serious drug problems. So when you were coming to Vancouver, was it something that you were uh, 
partaking in? Was it something that you kind of no, no? Struggled I, with? I was I was hated needles. I have a lot of tattoos, but I'm you know I hate it. I even tell the uh, nurses that draw my blood um, that uh, there's a good chance I'm gonna pass out, <laughs> and most of the times I do. I wake up with a hot cloth. <laughs> I had my aunt crying over me one time, <laughs> but they were. Uh, um, Fuck! What we were talking about? <laughs> You're talking about getting your blood drawn, pass oh. out. Why you don't? Why oh, you don't do? Yeah, heroin. And not to mention, I watched the degeneration of a young lady from Australia. Oh wow! Within a matter of 12 months. Oh my god! Pretty young uh, Australian girl. I used to the hostel that I stayed in on um, Main Street um, near Science World st- Station had a. We're there like three nights. I've been dirty needles in the communal showers and stuff. Like it's, it's fucking gnarly. And we go down to the front desk. Uh, there's cockroaches and a nice Canadian. There's cockroaches in our room. Can we get another room to go? <laughs> this whole building is cockroaches. <laughs> it's holding it together. Yeah. And they go wait till Mardi Gras gets here. And we go, what's Mardi Gras? <laughs> Welfare day. And oh. sure enough, pi- it was Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh my God. The ambulances would pull up in front of the hostels and hotels and wait for. Because they're going to get called. Yeah. So they're just there waiting. Okay, yeah. we go up and bring out the bodies. Oh, shit, man. So we move there. I get a job uh, as a roofer in North Vancouver. Yeah. And uh, did roofing. And, you know, people from all over Ontario and Canada have moved to Vancouver, better life kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, we're like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, I- I'm going to be a comedian. Like, and then a year went by, but I had a, a process of kind of uh, reinventing myself from what I inherited from growing up in Hamilton yeah. to the kind of person that I want to evolve into. Yeah. And kind of, you know, there was no Joe Rogan podcast yeah. when I was coming up to give you any kind of crux on being a man and uh, a comedian. Yeah. You know what I mean? So my uh, role models were all criminals <laughs> right there's yeah. no and, and, you know i was the funny guy amongst the murderers <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. so there was a process of a, a couple years there where i had to kind of peel away things that i was carrying that i didn't really need to go forward with so yeah then uh, i started i went down to the vancouver yak yaks when it was at the uh, yeah. old uh, expo 86 grounds um plaza nations and Signed up for this comedy workshop, which oh. Seth was in. Oh, That's wow. how I'd met Seth. Who was leading the workshop? Uh, Mark Pooley. Mark he Pooley. inherited I went originally to an old club in Gastown called Laugh Lines or Laugh Lines or something. Uh-huh. And Peter Kalemis, who was in Happy Gilmore, does a lot of voice work. He was like the, the Vancouver guy. Yeah. And uh, there was this workshop thing. And then I went back to sign up for it, and the club was out of business. And I'm like, I haven't even got a chance. <laughs> yeah. And I just looked at it as a sign. I'm going to find a way. Yeah. I didn't know what. Okay, there's another club. They moved it here, this, that. And I chased it down and did the the two-week workshop. And then we did a, a show at the end of it. And yeah. I had my first show. The tape, actually, with Seth and all of us on this Do show. Do you still have it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. It's, I've been digitizing all this old uh, beta tapes yeah. from... 80 of us with the Metallica shirts on and the long hair. Actually, on my phone. Well, yeah, your photos are. There. Let, let, well, I, I know you wanted to charge this. Let me, let me bring the. Yeah, sorry. There's a photo. I was at my mother's house going through some old um, um, photo albums and 
just for archival purposes and shit. And uh, there was some really um, fuck. What were we talking about again? I've lost my train of thought. There's we're a lot about of the show. show. The show you had after oh. the um. So I've been digitizing, and I came across these tapes and old tapes. The club that I worked out of, and I have literally the first three years of my career on videotape. Old Russell Peters conversations in the green room in like '97. Um, loads of co oh no, it's dead. You can just leave it. Yeah, uh, loads of comedians come and gone. You know, um, yeah, it was really interesting to see some of this old because I carried a beta can like a little uh, high eight. Yeah, thing with me because I was such a visual learner. Yeah, I knew from my uh, academics that I wasn't going to sit down and scribe yes. under, by a candle. I really needed to take it in visually and then articulate that in some form or in written. So, did you do most of your writing kind of on stage, like you, or did yeah, you write well, it down and go? No, on? I I kept like uh, um, recipe cards, those blank cards, and uh -huh. I write bullet points and and draw in some kind of arc yeah so i kind of knew where some beats were but i didn't know what the language was going to be oh there's my ride <laughs> okay your phone's back on by the way if you wanted to that's cool i'll let it charge for a bit more so, um, um and um so i i would put these little bullet points together and go up and do it and then use my little mini recorder or whatever recording device i could use i bought loads of different portable uh pocket sized cameras and things and just we'd use a tape throw it in a box yeah use a tape throw it in a box and i've got bo like five six hundred hours at least of wow. just high a tapes mostly stand-up so i'm gonna at some point i'm digitizing them under a drive where i'll put them in some sort of chronological order yeah and pan for gold and see what might come out of it yeah it, exactly there's That's a literally great. a uh, uh evolutionary thing and you can see the the Jim Carrey dissipating and yeah. and that really uh, shed that skin when I moved to Europe. Do you remember the moment where you kind of, because someone told me this one time that, uh, oh, the, did I take it? I probably pocketed it. I'm such a klepto. Um, oh, I got it. Uh, that, that Bill Burr was kind of doing his thing and doing all right. And at one point he just said, you know what? Fuck that. I'm not going to do the, the old Bill Burr. I'm w was there a, a stark yeah, Jim moment? Jim Carrey did that with impressions. Yeah. And when I saw his Annie biography, I studied it. Yeah. And I'm like, this is just a uh, um, an Ivy League journal of a Jedi. Yeah. And okay, and then uh, uh, and then Russell Peters kind of followed in behind Jim as far as um, going to England. Yeah. You know, going, you can go to Africa. Oh, I want to go to Africa. You know, all these other places that he'd gone. Because yeah. I'd done numerous shows with him. I, I was aware of his, his fan base wasn't uh, uh, um, familiar with me, but I was familiar with them yeah. from being part of the Toronto community. Yeah. And tagging a lot of uh, minority comedy communities tend to be a little more responsive sure. to me. Uh -huh. than the whiteies. <laughs> uh, generally white girls in their 20s. Uh, yeah, you're already shaking your head. <laughs> and you're you're a white guy. Yeah. These bitches <laughs> are fucking up my shit. I've said this before. Enough with you cunts. <laughs> you're not helping. I'm not your fucking enemy. Well, I know that's a big that's a big problem is a lot of times as as a white man, if you go up there and say anything about quote unquote disenfranchised groups, they feel the need to defend 
these groups, even though the groups are laughing at you and they like you totally. more than anyone else. I've had situations and to isolate a group in a situation and um, there was a guy, probably still is a guy, I'm sure he's alive. He, um, cerebral palsy, like just top to bottom. Yeah. You know, this guy's talking through a straw. Yeah. And um, the manager of the club, there's a disabled guy in the front. Like, I said, what are you telling me for? Now that's in my head. Yeah, yeah. So immediately <laughs> I take it right to his face. <laughs> and not only that, but I put the microphone in his face on the end of it. Well, he's trying to fight it away from his mouth and I'm trying to fuck his face <laughs> and, and destroying him. And he is applauding. Yes. Kind of. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. like lunging and writhing in the chair. And yeah. I go, this is the motherfucker. Yeah. The rest of you people are the problem. Yeah. And he'd come back with his handler. He came with this huge black guy who did. I don't think he liked my shit, <laughs> but because his, his caregiver dude yeah. wanted to sit in the front, he had to sit beside him yeah, yeah, and yeah. deal with him, right? <laughs> well, he's, he's having these flailing around, and I'm watching people's faces scrunch up behind him. <laughs> and I'm like, turn around and give him the finger, and he throws him his hand like this, <laughs> gives him this palsied-out finger. Oh, it was great. <laughs> so anytime uh, I see anybody that is... Uh, uh, clearly in a situation of um where the room is taking stock of their presence yes and 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 pitied them yeah before anything's happened is uh it's terrible yeah <laughs> <laughs> is that ashtray this is a drink you could just ash on that do you have anything non-alcoholic um i have a monster can I have a sip out of the house? Yeah. Here? It's like fruit. No, no, no. Just, <laughs> just, <laughs> just fucking today. Jeff Richards butt plug <laughs> hanging out of here. <laughs> oh, how muddy and hairy do you think Jeff Richards butt plug is? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like a dog toy with peanut butter on it. And you know, by the way, shout out to Jeff Richards here. Uh, he definitely has a butt plug. You know, he totally. does. Totally. <laughs> when doesn't he have it in? He, every time he walks up to you, he's like, what are you doing? Uh, I don't know. We're not fighting rubber out of our holes. <laughs> You fucking animal. Have a shower and comb your hair. He's the only guy I know that thinks cleanest boxes are slippers. <laughs> anyway, Jeff is a good friend of ours, and uh, I hope he gets and into a whatever tragedy. Is he going through a divorce? I feel like always. He's been in a tool shed for six years, <laughs> drinking his own piss and punching the wall. In some fucked up Fight Club movie. Are we recording? <laughs> Okay. Anyway, you <laughs> Jeff, Jeff doesn't need to hear. He won't know. He won't care. It'd be hilarious. So, uh, so <laughs> let me let me get back to the chronology. So, from Vancouver, yeah, you felt like you did that scene enough, and then how did you make the transition from yeah. Vancouver to well, Toronto and I, uh, bigger markets? I started in, in June of '96 in Vancouver and found out there was uh, a Vancouver a Yuck Yucks mm -hmm. and uh, a Laugh Lines, and that was it for miles yeah you know to another province like another state you yeah know, think of that yeah and um on a visit back home doing a little uh, internet search i found that there was google maps it pinpointed it was like there's 15 clubs within five hours yeah so the only way that i'm going to get any repetition plus i'm going to go home now with a totally different blueprint back to Ontario of what I'm getting to. I ended up moving back November of the year that I started. Yeah. Because the few months that I was in Can or in Vancouver doing stand up, I realized, oh, I'm going to get on like three times a month. Sure. 
there's this is the long there's a lot of good guys here yeah and there's no middle class of this whole thing there's shitty open micers and they're lepers yeah to the little bit of cheese that's at the top yeah so um zach mcanalis had moved out to vancouver he'd been living there a lot of times zach who Zach zach galifianakis galifianakis oh okay Yeah. yeah yeah He was dating a girl in uh, Vancouver, Watermelon. And uh, (laughs) I remember um, she was running comedy around when I started. Anyway, so, yeah, I was getting on these Aldi-type shows. But leading up to that, a big chunk of this history aspect of it is that when I moved to Vancouver, I was going to either do music or comedy. Yeah, I was about to say, I wanted to ask about your music sort of background. Did you grow up playing music? Or I played you... zero music. Yeah. But Metallica and made such an impression on me and music of the 80s thrash metal and, yeah. and uh, um, horror movies and Black Sabbath and Hamilton being a very grim you know, it was like Glasgow without the nightlife. Yeah. Like it was, it was, it, it, I wanted to kind of sew that in and I couldn't do that until I moved to Europe. But when I was in Vancouver, hanging out with all these bands, I, I spent a lot of time in these kind of shitty dive bars. There was loads of great pl- cheap places to drape and drink in Vancouver. Yeah. Yeah. So by association, oh, there's a band tonight. There's oh, there's six punk rock bands. Oh, I've seen these guys. These are local bands. Okay, I'm watching the mechanics of how a band works. I'm like, oh, this is totally... A, I'm just trying to get out of a dysfunctional family. Yeah. Um, but I like the, uh, the... the You know, with Dice and Kinnison and Pryor and Eddie Murphy. And, it, you know, they had a fucking, like... It was a... It was a... Uh, it was, a, it was a, um, an event. Yeah. And I loved great, articulate you know worded comedy uh, uh, a Stuart Lee where you yeah. just revel in everything the nuances and but I also love the screams of Sam Kennison or the poetry of Andrew Dice Clay yeah um, so um, and shock rock and all that over the top stuff yeah was really was something I had always had so I knew I didn't want to be invested in a, a musical group because of the process. And oh, everybody gets a beer ticket. Yeah, <laughs> I can do that on my own. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And I didn't want to be in a situation where I had to rely on anybody. I wanted of to course, paddle yeah. my own boat. So when I uh, done the um, the comedy um, months earlier, because I was hanging out with these bands, I go see them play. And they go, "Why don't you go up and do something?" So I used to, I became a bit of a a moderate underground celebrity in yeah. Vancouver where I was the comedian of wow. these late night underground nightclubs which that I must been hard because they don't want it they're not expecting a comedian house. yeah no and they're fucking these are the these are the this is the bottom man yeah this is the bottom <laughs> but I, I was never in any uh, situation the relationships I made with the local bands and uh, people there are still Dear friends of mine yeah. today, uh, shout out to Process, Process and Minority <laughs> uh, in the house. Yeah, there's you know, and those those kind of personalities influence my comedy and yeah. I, um, and a uh, a punk aspect of it. You know, where in bands like Mr. Mike Patton, Mr. Bungle, and uh, 
extreme you know king diamond and things i i kind of frankenstein this thing through various influences yeah that kind of carried on through my life yeah yeah, yeah. and then we met jesus <laughs> now yeah. what was your first uh sort of i hate to say, use the word break but w where was the first mo moment that things really started taking off for you where you became like okay this is now something i can make my living doing was was there a a, a night or an event that happened where all of a sudden things kind of sh shifted for you? No, because anytime there was an event, my my finances got lower. Like <laughs> I won Campus Comedian of the Year. Uh -huh. uh, a magazine voted me best comic in like two years in a row. I won like a Canadian Emmy Award. Yeah. And all those kind of uh, uh, resume things. Yeah. Didn't really affect me financially, but it allowed me to get a green card. So okay. all these things, and because I modeled myself, and and uh, I, you know, my business models were always, I listened to and uh, observed a lot of uh, rock biographies and yeah, uh, management and um, the uh, fuck I forgot what we were talking about again. Well, well I was basically talking. I was talk I was talking about. By the way, I think I should as a precursor. We we uh, we were smoking a joint before this this podcast, and if you want some more. I'm gonna have I've another dart, as we say in Canada. What is a dart? A dart, a cigarette. You got, hey, buddy, you got a fucking dart, eh? <laughs> I've never heard that oh, before. fuck, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I was I was asking about like the first sort of oh. break. I mean, obviously, an Emmy is a fucking huge thing. I'll tell you, when I'd moved to Hamilton and I was outgrowing Hamilton personally, yeah. When I'd moved back and doing comedy, I was systematically taking over the amateur nights mm -hmm. not only in the city of hamilton but in and around the country so much so that they had a meeting i was an op i was an amateur comic yeah they had a meeting with all the amateurs in the comedy to stop acting like me whoa so you were like the dane cook of canada that everyone was kind of like stealing your style um well which happened in america in LA. i don't think that's another Thing. <laughs> okay. I, well, I'm not comparing, but you know what I mean. Uh, but you were comics were going up there and kind of like doing Jason Rouse. Yes, it was really weird. I'm like, I'm on the bus, <laughs> okay. I'm riding the public transit, <laughs> and I've gotten biters on my ass. That's crazy. I got a lot of attention very quickly because I adopted Jim's fierce, fiercest list, and the people that hung out. There was a lot of high stakes situations that I've been in, in various points in my life. That the stress of comedy was very low-key yeah you know what i mean yeah so um so you don't get you never got nervous going on stage because of your life and stuff like that it wasn't anything because a lot of people are like oh my god the first time i got on when stage i got on the first all black show they weren't they it's the longest running comedy night in canada it's the all black comedy show uh -huh. well i was always curious on what everyone's doing right <laughs> so yeah. i started hanging out not to mention there's some hot chicks that go there all the time yeah and uh, the energy there was electric. Black yeah. audiences in Canada are very different. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? Why so? Because I feel uh, like what you're saying about... Well, I understand BET and Comic View now. Yeah, okay. Um, it's a different... It's just different. Different. It's a younger uh, culture. Uh, mm. You know, people... Black people have only been in Canada. Like, you know, they're, they're like still very Jamaican, still West Indian. Yeah. Still that cultural uh 50 50 thing yeah. going on where people here are american sure and then it goes back from there right yeah it's a different thing got it it's just a different dynamic i don't do very well here and I, to be honest with you i've only done a handful of them 
Have you done Chocolate Sunday at the Laugh Factory? Yeah. yeah. I, I think I bombed. <laughs> I think I bombed. I probably didn't do well, but I <laughs> at all. Um, which is fine. Like I, 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 I've been booed, death threats. Yeah, know. I want to hear what what has been the worst bomb that you had on stage. What, what was there a moment that? Because I feel like a lot of comics go, "Oh, one time someone said get off stage." Shoot, but I imagine I just thought of. I was going to say for you. Uh, based on your material and your energy, there must be some moments. You said the death threats, which I've always f- found uh, fascinating that people say that from a comedy show. But what were, what were the two stories? Uh, one, a long time ago, I was at the, it was the Ottawa Art Center, mm-hmm. beautiful venue, Yuck Yucks, yeah. the improv equivalent, yeah. having their 25th anniversary show, Howie Mandel's hosting, <laughs> Jeremy Hotz, yeah. uh, Pat Bullard, Russell Peters, Harlan Williams, uh, up and newcomer Jason Rouse, <laughs> uh, Sean Majunder, uh, um the hit squad of Who's Who in, in past and present in yeah. st- Canadian stand-up. Yeah. And one of my heroes and friends is on before me. Who? Uh, Mike Wilmont. Okay. Canadian comic. Yeah. a lot in the UK. And were you nervous at this show? Yeah, I was a little bit. I didn't think I was going to bomb. <laughs> <laughs> and my buddy my these are all white people in the nation's capital yeah he's a, he's like the dirty uncle guy annihilates yeah people are trying to make him the mayor <laughs> like and i go up and i do the retarded girl joke and the bottom what, drops what, what the is the retarded girl joke oh about mistaking a girl for being drunk oh, i remember that yeah and uh, I don't know. I think she she's got an accent, but it turns out she's retarded. <laughs> yeah. And I end up sleeping with her. And the next morning, I roll over to kiss her, and she's. <laughs> and was it just like crickets, or did people start? Yeah, it sounded like someone pulled a string out of the bottom of the room. Oh my god. Yeah. It was that your opening joke? No. No, it was. In, I was tanking, and in the bottom, that was the shitter. <laughs> the floodgate of piss just washed against my face. And Howie Mandel. Wouldn't even shake my hand. That's a what? joke. No, oh. I'm kidding. <laughs> well, because he's OCD. Yeah. That's right. Okay. So you did your whole time, though? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm a ship sinker. <laughs> I'm no, you fuck you. Fuck you. So you were, people will say, fuck you. No, no, no. They no. don't have the balls. Not yeah. for a long time. They used to be combative mm. when I was a little more jovial. Uh, but I come out and pretty much break a stick over the front of the stage <laughs> and go, who wants to suck it? <laughs> And then we go from there. We build from hatred. Yes, yes. Yeah. And then I, I endure them. I, I like to create a, a Stockholm Syndrome. But my goal is to create a, uh, a cultish. I'm trying to get everyone to drink Kegule that is really pee. Yeah. <laughs> but it's purple. Oh, that's good. At least it's not poison. Thank you, is what I keep telling them. Drink up, piss drinkers. <laughs> um, so uh, I, uh, yeah. So what happened after that? Was there repercussions from that? No. Actually, oddly enough, uh, the opposite. My mentor and friend, the Bud Freeman in Canada, Mark Breslin, founder of Yuck Yucks, yeah. looks at me and goes, they weren't your crowd. Yeah. He shrugs his shoulders and goes, they weren't your crowd. And I go, you know what? They weren't my crowd. Yeah. I'm not striving to, to reach. These people are, are not, they're not lost to me, but they're not a good investment yeah, for me. That makes I'd sense. be selling myself out, trying to endear myself to fifty year old uh white people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so that was your first one. What was I the second I grew sec- up with fifty year old white people. Yeah. So what was the second second bomb that you were talking about? In front of Dave Grohl at Flappers in front of fifteen people. <laughs> bomb in front of Nirvana. 
bombs. How, how he th- was right there. This is pretty he recent then. Yeah, hey, I'm talking like it's seriously. No, this is like ten years ago. Oh, ten years ago. Nah, okay, maybe like five. five yeah, years yeah. ago. So wh- how that look like? I've stopped. I just lean on the stool. I'm just like, I'm so fine. This is so embarrassing. <laughs> was Dave Grohl something that you knew at the time? Was no, it? I think he was a re- relative of one guy who was on the show. <laughs> so Dave is there, and I fucking. Oh, and I was feeling it all the way up. I'm like, this whole thing's going to flounder, <laughs> and then it's going to flush. And it flush. And Dave's like, you know, he's had bad gigs. He's had a lot of bad gigs. He's done gigs in a wheelchair. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I and the show business people, he gave me that show business look like, you're fucked. <laughs> you're totally fucked. This is what we show up for. You got fucked. Yeah. It'll get better. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Not tonight. <laughs> You fucked it. Yeah. You ruined everybody's <laughs> night. It was bad. Yeah. But there was also a badge of courage b- ruining the night of comedy. That's kind yeah, of great. We, we put this conversation together. With, you know, unfortunately, <laughs> I would have loved to have a, oh, you know, a kiss on the cheek from Dave Grohl. <laughs> but uh, I've met him uh, times in England and, and nightclubs and uh, bars, a great bar in London and Soho called uh, the Crowbar. Yeah. And Dave and a, a lot of popular musicians in the United States that wouldn't frequent social places like that would be in like a divey yeah. pub and everyone's cool no one's got a camera in your face you know what I mean yeah, yeah, yeah. getting a little loose so uh, there's not a kind of I got ya yeah. TMZ thing. oh god so yeah. you know we're sitting in the eye of the storm for that yeah, oh yeah this Tell is me a about TMZ it. hotbed yeah we probably go out and get an interview right now uh, so when did your international presence start when I ran out of opportunities in Canada you know I had um, a handful of Canadians, the majority of them, a really big chunk, like the the all-star team of Canada comics, guys that were uh, four or five, the Russell Peters, yeah, the Tom Stage, Sean Collins, Stuart Francis, who ended up touring with Ricky Gervais, yeah. Ricky Gervais's favorite comedian, um, theaters, who will not even perform in Canada anymore because of just like, why are they talking on your fucking phone? <laughs> yeah. I do... Stadiums, yeah. okay. Why I'm in a 300 seater trying to force this? Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. So anyway, a lot of that stuff. So majority of the guys moved in the early 2000s to England, the Mike Wilmonts and, uh-huh. and things like that. And um, I found out from a couple of comedians that had gone had uh, bloodlines that were attached to the UK, Scottish, Irish, so on. Where my grandfather's from England, yeah, from Grimsby, and uh, found out all I needed. My friends like you just need to get the long version birth certificates, and they'll yeah. give you a, a three and a half year visa. Oh wow! So I drastically got that up, and then the year that year I had done some shows at the Edinburgh Festival. I went down to hang out. Yeah, I was very curious. I'm like, you're in Hong Kong, you're in you're in France in the Alps snowboarding doing gig like. Yeah, I'm in Peterborough, Ontario, in a knife fight <laughs> before I go on stage for fifty bucks Canadian. Yeah, you know I and and I have abilities like I, I can I float this. So when I gone over the Edinburgh Festival, it was kind of a, a good alignment where I had a visa, and then there was a bit of a bidding war through a couple of uh, management companies in the UK, which I had n- never had any of that in yeah. my lap in my career ever. So yeah. I picked the one that represented, you know, Lee Evans and Jonathan Ross, 
Dora O'Brien and, and all these big uh, things. And they also were married to a Paramount Comedy TV production yeah, yeah, yeah. company. So yeah. they, uh, I said, well, that's great. You manage all these great guys. I've been told these stories before for various management companies. And yeah. they sent me back almost a year of gigs. Oh, wow. How's that? That's amazing. And I said, I'll see you in two weeks. And I showed up and first started, you're going to Ireland. I'm going to Ireland. Yeah. You're going to Wales. I'm going to Wales. Going to Scotland. Going to Scotland. Okay. You're and are you to, driving around doing this? Mostly trains. Mostly trains. Mostly okay. trains. Yeah. yeah. The majority of it, transit was through underground and train. Yeah. Um, a few flights, like you'd fly to Ireland. Like you're going to Ireland. Okay, when Wednesday, you you do the hotel and then you fly back the next morning. Really, you just fly to Ireland. Yeah. And then you show up to the Empire in Belfast, and there's 500 people standing in an old church. Wow. Pub. And were you the headliner at this point? No, not that time. But I did so well that they brought me back and headlined me that, and I had great shows. Yeah. They were more jovial than some of the people I dealt with in London, like yeah. you would in L.A. or New York. Sure, sure. These people were hard hard living yeah 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 and then, yeah and then it just spiraled out and then i just started looking at the atlas and going do these speak english do they speak english and the 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 agents were really only interested in booking comedy circuits that were tried and true where places like i met a finnish comedian and uh they just started doing comedy in finland this yeah. is 2000 three or something like that and um so uh i befriended a local uh, finnish comedian and he said you you know i want to come to finland they go well we just kind of started doing it. there's no clubs or anything they have four comedy festivals now yeah slept on couches did these bar gigs a hundred kids would show up you know and we went all the way up like i did probably 15 cities in finland wow. toured it I don't know, 10 times. Yeah. So then Norway, you know, they were just close, so close. So Scandinavia was the majority of places, you know, the music and the comedy seemed the mesh. And I yeah. got a taste of that from doing music festivals in Europe. Yeah. And so, oh, they do festival in France too. They also do one in Germany. Same lineup music. Everyone's speaking English. Okay. These, these will be easier things. I'm doing a, the uh, Dark Mental Festival in Copenhagen in a month and a half. And what is that again? It's an, uh, it's a black metal, death metal, Norwegian, Finnish, Swedish festival. One comedian. Wow. And you've done that before. so it's Multiple not times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've opened for the band Mayhem. Oh, and wow. I know you don't know who the band is. I know is. who Mayhem is, yeah. Oh, I'm a nerd. Chaos. Yeah, oh, yeah, from is Norway. That, that's Mayhem. Jesus Christ. They're like the most hardcore the death metal band. The singer head off with yeah. a shotgun. Yeah. And didn't they show that as his album cover? Like his They took bones. Out. Yeah, they blew, They took pictures of him using his mouth and made necklaces out of his skull. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, I stay at their house. <laughs> Do you really? <laughs> when I'm in Norway, I stay... Uh, yeah. And what was your first uh, TV gig that you ended up doing? Mm. I know... The I'll just say this. The first... I think the first time i saw you was before i saw you live mike david who was yeah. from your hometown yeah, who's yeah, now yeah. a crazy person yeah uh, shout out to mike david but shout um, out to mike david who's probably the coffee bean like channeling putin or something right now um anyway i've known him for 300 years <laughs> 
Did you grow up with him? No. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. I've known Mike David since I was like 18. Jesus. I'm 79 years old. <laughs> yeah, Mike David always talk about you. And I, I saw this video. I guess it was on Vimeo because I don't Are know. streaming live? Huh? No, no, oh. not yet. Thank God. <laughs> but uh, there's a video, I think it was in Scandinavia, where you got completely naked. And then you basically just walked over the crowd, like just teabagging people. Yeah. All the way to the back, and I remember thinking that was literally the ballsiest thing I'd ever seen a comic yeah. do. So was that yeah. something that wasn't spontaneous, was it? Yes and no. You know, when we were talking about the kitchen party guy. Yeah. Well, I used to do. I didn't know anything about. I just knew, guy, you know, <laughs> Beetlejuice shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, those pussy farts are really loud. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit! Cross your legs, Marjorie. <laughs> At Mia Mars, my neighbor. Um, I go ahead. So nudity was a very quick thing. So I used to put matches in the head of my conch and light it on fire and go into a, a room and sing happy birthday and then force it near someone to blow out the matches before it burned down. <laughs> Hurry up! And they'd be like... <laughs> and it would be great. This is before cell phones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get your dick out. <laughs> I used the Me Too original guy. I was that guy. That's why I left Hamilton. What? What? What do you mean? I was naked. I shit. <laughs> I never used a toilet for over a year. Shut the fuck Listen up. Listen to me. I'll tell you something. My man am not a liar. I, I don't think you are, yeah. I shit on the ground outside <laughs> for over a year. I don't know. I have a scatological obsession. Yeah. I, I think I inherited it as a child. Yeah. And I think, you know, being <laughs> like just repressed and stuff and being in a way, I just ate it all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And regurgitated it. So, um, you know, I'd rub shit. <laughs> I'd rub shit everywhere. I'm going to die alone, man. <laughs> I'm going to die alone. Do you ever shit on stage? Literally, I had a girl shove a beer bottle up my ass on stage, <laughs> and then they stopped doing comedy at Niagara College. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I ran into that girl recently. Not the girl who shoved the beer bottle, but they go, yeah, I've seen some comedy. I went to Niagara College. And I'm like, how old are you? Like, Did you ever see a guy shove a beer bottle up his ass? She's like, yeah, that was my friend. I got it on videotape. This is one of the VHS tapes I Oh, found. my God. We used to play this game called Guess What's in Your Hand. Yeah. And we'd give some just mundane uh, cigarette package, stuff off the bar. Girl would be blindfolded. And then I'd come up with a beer bottle hanging out of my ass. Yeah. And I'd lean over and put it in her hand. And then the girl would take the blindfold off. And she's just holding a beer bottle <laughs> in the guy's asshole. <laughs> and then everyone would take pictures. I'm going to die alone. I'm going to die alone. Oh, my God. So, um, yeah, there was, you know. The sideshow element of it was something I I enjoyed. Uh, yeah. The the boo aspect of comedy. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Have you had forces uh, in your career that have kind of tried to sort of make you more mainstream? Even today. Yeah. I'll have conversations. The only person that you know, uh, you know, I get a lot of other information and things and. Yeah, I always it's again Russell Peters is like he's like just do you he just simplifies it yeah just do you have you ever toured you. with Russell Peters yeah I've, Russell and I have been friends for 20 years yeah that was one of those other moments where 
I had sh- had just moved back to my hometown, mm-hmm. and I was becoming a bit of a hot commodity in the late 90s. I'd won Canada's Funniest Comic, and I started to look at how to get on television. I figured I had something yeah. that it was television. And I went to showcase at this comedy venue that did TV tapings, comedy at Club 54. Yeah. It was the Amy at the Improv of Canada. Yeah. Late night. Fucking stand-up comedy. Who's that guy? He's from Winnipeg. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that was the... Was it censored? Or was it like anything uh, you want? It was beep. They did they yeah. beep it a bit. You know, it'd be on after Bazaar or before Bazaar. Uh-huh. Bazaar with John Biner. Yeah. Uh, and Super Dave Osborne. Yeah. That's how he... Com- anyway, Super Dave Osborne was shot in my hometown. Really? All that falling stuff in the... That was right behind my mother's house. Oh, wow. Um, R.I.P., man. So I'd gone to Showcase, and Russell was a relatively well-known person on the comedy scene in Canada and he was the headliner that night and I went up after my showcase and before um, uh, I could uh, Russell told the guy to put me on television and then shook my hand yeah and I was like oh somebody's rooting for me he yeah that's great me. I was like, oh. yeah you know anyway he didn't put me on TV but I ended up getting a one-hour television special which Russell opened for me on. Oh, wow. But he, the person that taped the same night, bombed so, anyway, I didn't do my own warm-up by the end of it and then ended up winning this award that Jeremy Hotz had been the only person who helped get me my immigration lawyer, actually. Oh, wow. I remember he was at Bally's gym on a, a cardio machine <laughs> and I was all like, that's already pretty, funny. Pretty new comedian <laughs> and I went over, hi, Jeremy, I'm a comedian. I, you, you know, I'm sorry to bother you, but how do you get out of fucking Canada, man? <laughs> like, he yeah. Goes, well, you need a lawyer, and and you need to build your case. You save your press, and because I crept all my, I looked at it as a, uh, I looked at skateboarding sponsorships and pro, uh, extreme sports and bands and how I did it. So I started to try to let the local newspaper. I'm performing. I just won this contest. Yeah. I email and I had a good rapport with the local newspaper. So I had stacks of my clippings pages and pages of articles and things that i had collected for some purpose keepsakes yeah turned out i needed that for part of my case for my green card so Uh. jeremy put me in touch with ralph aaron price and um because i had been turned back from the states i had an ex-girlfriend call u.s customs on me and get me blacklisted so that's why How? how how did she do that uh, she saw me with another girl. We were supposed to go to L.A. together. Some uh, just bullshit drama. She called the border on me and got me turned back. Oh, wow. So I said, I'm not going to go to the States for at least a year. I'll do this immigration lawyer. Found out I got a U.K. visa. So I went and lived in England while I did all my paperwork. My visa expired. I moved here yeah. 11 years ago. 11 years ago. Yeah. And you were in England for how long? Almost six years. What would you say the big difference between comedy in England and comedy in America is? Well, as an actor, a theater actor as yourself, you would see the, the it's more incestuous. Um, there's more of a, a Shakespearean uh, uh, aspect to live performance and mm. the medium of comedy. They took American traditional Seinfeld and pushed that in with, uh, I don't even know the language, you might know... Uh, uh, it's more uh, Shakespearean. Yeah. You know, it's more. Uh, it's more. It's refined. You're, you're a comedian. Yeah. Holy. Hey. 
where you're where you not like what what you been on yeah, where, yeah. where are you doing comedy yeah yeah, yeah. comedy we know a comedian like yeah, it's, yeah. it's a cool thing yeah yeah and um the repetition of gigs and and the the community of it and um it was just great it was i i lived there at the peak of it yeah i i i came in at a really good time i had a very good representation um you're doing 20 minute sets uh, eight, ten times a week, uh, in and around the world. Yeah, you know, and um, there's not a lot of interest of people who come into Hollywood from England or Europe. Yeah, you don't see a lot of British. Yeah, or you know, there's like the Irish guy that's here, or yeah. the English. There's very few. You've only seen an influx of Canadians probably in the last seven, eight years. Yeah, I think the first time I saw you perform live was at a late show at the Laugh Factory. And I don't want to mutilate the bit, but you did this, and I, I don't think I've ever laughed this hard during a show because, because <laughs> bombing. No, no, well, I mean, you weren't, you were doing fine, but then you did this joke that involved a lot of reputation, and it was basically about s- stepping in a, a bucket, like like her like her oh, vagina was like yeah the fist fucking yeah, and you an kept, old lady. you kept like yeah, yeah an old lady, and yeah. you kept going in the bucket like the sound of like. I'll overdo it if they don't like me. And and I could tell like this crowd, you know, these they were everyone's stoned and everyone's kind of like they're ready to go. It's probably like one o'clock in the morning, and you must have done that stepping the bucket in circles. For it's a fist fuck joke. Fist fuck joke for about two minutes, and it was like it went. For, it was funny, and then it, it kept going, and then it's not funny, and then it becomes funny again, and then you kept going, and it wasn't funny, and then it became like the funniest thing I ever fucking seen. Like you just wouldn't stop doing it. And people were like leaving, and I swear to God, it was the funniest fucking thing I'd ever seen. I think in a comedy room. I a lot of people, staff will come out of the back to watch that. Yes, because they do have a little despise <laughs> of it, and you know they're being held hostage at that point by my muddy fist fuck joke. <laughs> what is the joke? To hide. What is the joke exactly? Oh, I talk about um, putting a la- elderly working in a retirement home and yeah. being like a lazy guy, so I fuck <laughs> people who have their that are <laughs> almost dying <laughs> and um she has arthritis so bad that when i put her legs back you hear the bone snapping <laughs> and then I, to make it even worse i'm like do you ever put your fist in old lady's pussy it feels like you're mixing paint and then it's a <laughs> <laughs> for like 10 minutes <laughs> they hate it <laughs> but you get but you that's fun for you though yeah i mean yeah like, if I know that all is lost <laughs> or all is great, see, that, that those are the spectrums of it. I, I will treat uh, a lost audience just much as an endeared audience with those same tones. It's yeah. the people in the middle that, that doesn't have any weight. Yeah. Um, what, what were the death threats that you got? Do you get more than one? Uh, one? About one a year. And they're usually with people. Oh, I have a good one. I'll tell you. Um. I've been getting emails from a, a turns out a young man. His name was in the hotmail address at the time, and uh, daily, you know, a couple sentences at a time. And uh, if you write me more than a sentence, there's a good chance I'm not going to read it. Yeah. At all. Yeah. And then they become paragraphs, and I could clearly at a scan there was some um, um, uh, schizophrenia. Yeah. You could see that he had, he watched everything that he could of mine online and adopted stuff to that so anyway as my dates got closer to my hometown he said he was going to shoot me 
Oh my he's god! He's gonna come there with a gun and shoot me while I was on stage. Just because he just hated what you were saying? Because I wasn't responding. Oh wow! Yeah, and he was resenting me, and then it, it was very long, long, long. He spent a lot of hours. Yeah. For for a couple of years. Yeah. And um, anyway, I get to the club, and there's a kid sitting there, by early, and my friend that was with me at the time, I say, I think that's the guy. Go ask him if his name's Mike. That you, that uh, your brother goes to school with him, or you know, create some dialogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He comes back. He goes, that's his name's Mike. He goes, I'm calling the cops. I go, don't call the cops. He's just a fucking nut. He goes, I'm calling. Them. So the police come. I go up the stairs to go out in the street to have a smoke, and the cops see me. They think I'm the guy. <laughs> so they start to do a jock, they great to tackle me. And my friend, no, 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 he's in there. He's in there. So they searched him. He had some papers in a mason jar with a dead rat in it, a big dead rat in it. And they pull him aside and say, don't talk to him. And that lasted a year. Then it started a bit, and then it stopped altogether. Yeah, yeah. Did he keep coming back to shows? No. No, no. no. He was told not to be around me or yeah. contact me. Yeah. Um, a girl, a couple, you know, not too many girls. It's mostly dudes, unfortunately. Just uh, usually mentally ill yeah you know lost souls for the most part and they find some because my subject matter is so unpalatable <laughs> that there's some sort of minutiae that for them or connection i don't yeah know. it's an odd thing yeah i don't understand it all i'm sane <laughs> where is uh where is the craziest country you've you've performed in are there countries that you want to perform that you haven't yet have you done the southeast Russia. A Russia. Russia yeah. was cool. Do they? Ha oh, you've I done Russia. I bombed on a TV show in Russia. <laughs> I bombed <laughs> on a TV show in Russia. I had to get a visa. There was a whole rigmarole. I got paid good, but yeah, I bombed me and a, um, a Danish comedian and a Swedish comedian. The fuckers didn't speak English. They were taping two Russian nights and then international night, and this fucking shitty Russian rockabilly band. Was the house band in These <laughs> cunts were talking on mic <laughs> during the stand-up. You could hear them. Oh, shit. It was a I stopped the show. I'm like, how many people here speak fucking English? <laughs> Two guys with raccoons <laughs> on their heads in the back. <coughs> Hottest chicks. Oh, yeah. Not big smilers, but like when you're that hot, you don't have to be happy ever. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. Uh, Africa in front of like. 5,000 black people. Oh, I was like wow. the only white person in the room. How'd that come about? Uh, I went to Africa a lot of times. I went to Africa six times to do comedy there. Uh, where in Africa? Johannesburg uh -huh. three times, Cape Town twice, mm -hmm. and Durban once. Yeah. Bobby Lee got robbed when we were there last time. Oh, you were with Bobby? Bobby that time, yeah. I was over in the early stages. Again, you know, um, they were doing a... Uh, comedy was become Russell Gandhi uh, D uh, Durban, which is the second largest Indian or the largest Indian population outside yeah. India. There's tons of Indians in Durban, South Africa. Yeah, and they're way more progressive than the Indian experience that I had in Canada. Yeah. These chicks were hot, and they were like they fuck with white guys. Where I didn't get any of that in Toronto. They think I mean, no, my father beats me. You know, <laughs> you know where brown girls were coming up to me. I'm like, this is fucking cool. <laughs> you in front of your father? Is he gonna walk? Um. So that that was pretty exotic. Russia, you yeah. know, Africa. And then they had a, um, you know, I spent a lot of time, off time. I wanted to go in. I'd go in a week early to Africa. I'd, I went to Hillbrow 
which is the murder capital of the world. Holy and, shit. And drove through the townships and you know, I'm not an idiot. I was with a black guy in a Mercedes <laughs> who's like a super famous yeah. black comedian. Uh, shout out to David Cow taking me in the hillbrow, scaring <laughs> the shit out of me. I go, can I get out of the car? He goes, they will kill you. Yeah. Um, and uh, watching Miss Africa eat fucking tripe. Uh, like, I want to go eat some Afri- like uh, some old school shit. Yeah. I had some bunny chow in um, Durban, which is like a half a loaf of bread with this curry. Uh, potato and meat in it. it's quite nice and um yeah africa's great man that's it that's the jam yeah that's yeah it's one of the best festivals because you're there for a month you're in a five-star hotel you're with the guy with an armed guard with you when you leave the hotel yeah we got to have some cool uh conversations i met a lot of guys from all over the world yeah you know at various levels in their careers and skill sets and um, I fell in love with Africa when I went there. I, I really, uh, it was like a, a heavy, heavy experience. You should be like the Anthony Bourdain of comedy. No, there's some guys that are, um, you know, the guy, I don't know anybody that does it bigger than Tom Rhodes. Okay, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, as far as you're talking about global traveler yeah. guys and stuff, there's there's a handful of guys I see in like, you know, in Norway or, oh, you were just kind of crossing in these weird places. We yeah. could be more far away from home. Yeah. And you hear your name in Dubai, wow. you know, and, and stuff like that. So, um, no, Anthony, fuck. That was another one. A lot of, uh, a lot of people are dying. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a fucked up thing. Um, so what, what, do you have anything on your bucket list in terms of like you as a comic? Um, to get my, my, I have a movie coming out this year. What, really? Yeah, I did a movie that you acted in. I acted. I had a starring role in a horror movie uh, that I shot in October. How'd that come about? Um, again, in in early or in 2000, when I did that one-hour stand-up special, there was a young man, uh, Andrew Hunt. He was uh, worked for Atlantis Alliance, I think, at the time. Filmmaker, you know, uh, just a guy in the industry in Canada. And he would come down to my shows and bring his girlfriend, who actually went on to mail, mail uh, marry Hugh Hefner. Oh, wow. Uh, I, some number of years ago. Anyway, he'd come down, and uh, I just gelled with the guy. We, we had nothing in common other than excitement for the business and creativity. And I'd always kept in touch with him, and he produced and, and directed and written uh, a movie called Sweet Karma, which uh-huh. she, his girlfriend starred in. It was about white slavery a girl goes into the sex slave industry Jesus. to find her sister who's been uh, taken away so it's pretty serious shit yeah yeah pretty heavy 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 shit and uh, I knew that he was not going to do my direct my comedy but um, direct you mean direct your comedy special I knew that we were going to work on a comedic level yeah. but I always told like I go I want to do serious I want to do something serious and something yeah. really heavy something that's completely uh, off the end of my there's no likability here. Yeah. You know, there's no vulnerability. I want to do something that's a little more committed. And we kept in touch. Some projects would come away. He called me. He goes, we got this thing. Are you available? I'm like, Andrew, whatever you got, I'm in purgatory in Hollywood six months out of a year. Yeah. So once I clear that with my green card and I'm eligible to leave the country, you can do whatever I want. I'll move my schedule accordingly. Yeah. He says, well, we're going to do this movie. I cast in the, oh, that's great. And he, Send me the girls. There's a Instagram uh, profile where you can see some of the footage and, and some of the pictures and stuff. But um, this is your first acting role, yeah? 
Uh, I did a couple other things, but I, I've never auditioned. I've auditioned for four things, and two of them were Saturday Night Live. Yeah. So they, I was never, uh, I knew very quickly that commercial acting, I didn't have the skin for the cattle call yeah. of it. It's a very, uh, um, um, I don't want to feel like I'm going to be, somebody's my boss. Yeah. And I've got to sit and wait and they got to do an evaluation of me. And I get it. That's the job and stuff. So yeah. I wore all my own clothes in the movie. Yeah. The director said, you know, I'm studying Hannibal Lecter and various serial killer documentaries. You're playing killer in the... In the yeah, I play a serial killer. Oh, wow. I kidnap an all-girl punk rock band and kidnap them and torture them and make oh. them kill each other. Oh I cut my. one of the girl's arms off with a hacksaw while <coughs> her friend watches. Wow. And they're all chained the walls and shit. It's fucked up. Were you able to, to bring any comedy into it at all? Or was it... No, well, yeah. Yeah, the physicality aspect of it, I use that as the, the Buster Keaton element yeah. of it. Not, I'm not falling over couches and John Ritter or anything like that, but I, I used, I pulled from my Jim Carrey experience yeah. to do some of the stuff, and so much so that we were shooting this car scene where I'm trying to run the girls off the road in their tour van, yeah. and I'm yelling out the window, and my head's all bald, and the light's on my face at night, and, and they... You know they're filming. I can't drive. I've never driven a car in my life. Oh wow! So they're having the fake the car <laughs> thing, and I'm having to yell out the window. And then uh, we finish the scene, and I go in, and there's a uh, the guy who takes off your microphone. And we're in the closed little booth where you read your lines. Where you yeah, sit yeah. For fucking 15 hours, I was going crazy. Yeah. I got in trouble the second day for leaving a cup of urine <laughs> in the change room. The girl yelled at me, Jason. I just met. All these girls smoking. <laughs> Professional actresses, like, across the board. I, Johnny Piss Cup. She goes, it's leaking. It's leaking. Jason, is it pee? Is it pee? She's next door. Day two. Day three. Oh, marijuana becomes legal in Canada. I get trouble for smoking pot on set. So much that the union guys come down and do oh, security. Wow. Um, a safety check. <laughs> My buddy. Thank you. The girl actually says... Um, the girl, one of the actresses, you're lucky you can't get fired. Yeah, yeah. Because if it was any of us, we'd be fired. Yeah, you were the. Like, oh, really? That's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, I spent a month. A uh, month shooting. Uh, three weeks. Yeah. But I was there, living in a hotel for in this shitty, one of the worst cities in the country. And where you kind of really, you you, you really get into the role where you kind of like method acting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's videos of me terrorizing. I posted them of me. <laughs> scaring the fuck out of the girls there's a bunch of my save stories um the girls because everyone's off work i'm not off work yeah i don't have the the gear the clutch yeah so i'm still in like terror mode <laughs> so everyone's trying to eat and i'm jumping out of alleyways <laughs> jesus christ jason these guys girls got separate meals and stuff yeah and yeah gravel yeah yeah, they were all very uh, sympathetic, but I also told Andrew before I got there to go, listen, he's not a nut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, but um, I'm going to, I'm feeling around a little dark a little bit in comparison to what their experience yeah, is. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, yeah, that, it's called uh, Spare Parts. Spare Parts. I play Sam. When does it come out, do you know? I have no idea. Yeah. I'm hoping. Have you seen it yet? I haven't seen anything, and I was all worried seen about because I was clearly the weakest link in this project as far as uh, actors go. And um, 
but I, I managed to do some things to to shine in, in ways that I could and I'm in the alleyway behind the Toronto Yuck Yucks getting ready to go on it's like my last night it's fucking been great I'm exhausted and he opens the door and he goes you were good <laughs> you were good and I just had this weight come off yeah I'm like okay because he'd been editing yeah been cutting so they're they're uh jockeying to get into the toronto film festival for september wow which i booked my weekend in toronto that week so i'm trying to navigate that and then put oh i shot my um i'm rambling this weed is is a strain that is open up my conversation i love it i never talk like this i love it man ever. it's great it's ever. great yeah um i have a stand-up special i shot in denmark i'm gonna put it out um in october how many specials have you shot one hours yeah this is my second one your second one okay i've been doing you know i thought i'd play nice for a while you know with the opportunities that you know doing down and dirty with jim norton for mm -hmm. hbo yeah and russell peters things for showtime and dice's thing more recently but i i'm over uh being the guest yeah now yeah and uh I, you know i recorded an album a stand-up album uh, an hour with a song called daddy's pussy on it. it's a country song it's a love song <laughs> it's about a girl who misses her father so she makes her boyfriend dress up in her dad's clothes and fuck her in the ass <laughs> it's called daddy's pussy <laughs> well it's, it's a song you do on stage uh no we did a little uh song because like all my favorite comedy albums had a little rap and radney yeah yeah, yeah. you know uh party all the time eddie murphy yeah yeah, yeah. so it's a terrible song <laughs> It's so vile, and there's a little <laughs> piss fuck thing at the end too. So, um, yeah, this is this is uh, this is cool. Yeah, I'm I'm doing the that's gonna come out this year in the film, and and that's the only thing I've had actually to be honest with you, of looking forward to in in a kind of a event level for quite a while. Yeah, and how is that gonna be released? Do you know the I have platform? no idea. I you know, the guy who booked me for the Just for Last Festival, fortunately, is head of the comedy department at Netflix now. Oh, wow. So I have an open door there. Regardless, am I going to cash a check there? I don't know. But uh, I've always started at DIY, you know, things that I picked up through bands is, you know, the equivalent of flyering for yeah. your show. So there's enough mediums and platforms for me to put it out. Yeah, exactly. And, um, but I'm really uh, the only reason I've done this at this point is well, it's kind of overdue, and I want to, you know, I've been living in the United States for over a decade. Yeah. And my work here is probably you know very minimal between New York and Los Angeles. That's really it. I like to go to Kansas City. Yeah. I like to go to Austin, Texas. I like to go to all these. And you haven't been to these places. I've not been to any of these places. Oh wow! All these guys, towns that you make fun of in your in your country. Yeah. These are my Slovenias and Croatias now. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. What I mean, I want to go to the fucking these places that I've heard of where people fuck their cousins and stuff, <laughs> and try and, and 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 make make something there. You know. Yeah. I have a a, a license, a, um, a luxury of time and freedom with no you know kids or a wife you know i live a very i was thinking about this because i hear it pirate but it, i i'm pirate 
Yeah, you you are a pirate for sure, and it's fucking awesome, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean the, the thing, like the thing about you that is, first of all, you're one of a kind. There's nobody fucking like you in the comedy scene at all. I looked. Yeah, I've looked. I mean, do you think there's anyone that you go, okay, that's kind of a kindred spirit? I see that he's kind of in my vein. That's yeah. There's a guy actually um, that I'm taking on tour with me. Um, that uh, he just did uh, a couple months with me in Canada. Okay. This guy, Sam Walker, from Alberta, Canada. And uh, you, <laughs> you're going to love this. Uh, you, I'll, I'll send you a clip. But I was like, because people go, you got to see that, you know, the local guys will try and, you know, tell their friends, like, try and help out their community yeah. and stuff. So you get the, you got to see this guy occasionally. And uh, I watched and I'm like, Oh, I'm stealing him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, he came and did a bunch of shows. And not only that, got a big showcase and now has been signed to the the, the uh, Funny Business Incorporated. You know, yeah, he's he, he's uh, doing eight weeks of clubs with me. He wasn't even off amateur night in his hometown. Oh, wow. And now he's doing full 30s in front of me in like 12 cities. Wow. In three countries. Yeah. That's amazing, man. Yeah. He's, yeah, f uh, once in a blue moon. And you know, there, you know, like the guys like, uh, you know, there's a handful of people that, Brian Holtzman. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Yeah. Right? We're, I, I just said his name. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I'm not taking, I love to take Brian on the road. I love Brian the host. Yeah. For me to warm, endear the crowd <laughs> to my comedy. Yeah. You know, um, there's just things that kind of pop for you. And, um, you know, I asked him, do you have kids, wife? No. Okay, good. Then you can hold on to this short coattail I have for as long as you can and um, take it as far as you can, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there's a, there's a few people. L.A.'s not really the the, uh, the it people that are so-called the wows things yeah. or industries rousted around them and and go this is the guy this is the guy yeah like, I've, I've been watching this guy for six months yeah i've never seen him do well yeah this yeah. is your guy yeah because i crush yeah whole. yeah <laughs> yeah no, when, no but when you when you crush you fucking crush man. oh and, yeah and it's very it's not as it's not as swing as it uh, elsewhere as it is here because yeah, i bomb like radar it's they hate me they hate you're ruining our night you see in their face <laughs> came in here to see famous somebody here and <laughs> most times i'm uh, uh maybe bringing a little bit of a chip to sure because i've been coddled a little bit by having a little bit of a, a community outside of it yeah and i'm like dude I'm, I'm here trying to reach you yeah and you you're you you become too flippant yeah you cut me off too quickly and well fuck you then yeah <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you had any places where you gone to where there was like a jason rouse like community and fan club you're like oh my god they just they, sh they showed up iceland thousand tickets for a show holy shit and where do they hear about you just like word Through of mouth my t tv appearances in scandinavia they, they're i guess their cable networks kind of overlap a little yeah, bit. yeah, yeah. You know, some of their languages are different their humor dispositions kind of see so they um they um uh what did it already become an internet thing so yeah I'd be getting an occasional I'll get an email from a country and they'll say, can you come? And I'm like, no one's going to come. And they're like, we can sell out this theater. I'm like, how many tickets? They're like, uh, a thousand. I'm like, Jesus. Just if you can give me the guarantee and we'll split any gravy that comes in after. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Did you ever uh, see a documentary called, it's called Searching for Sugar Man? Yeah, great. Yeah. Uh, uh, South African. Yeah. Is that kind of, uh, you have, like, has that experience happened to you where you're like, just get off the plane and there's a limo I, waiting? You're like, what the Nelson fuck? Nelson Mandela's there. <laughs> yeah. You're like, Jesus Christ, standing ovation uh, when you walk in the room. Denmark, yeah. Like where people would come up to me in restaurants and things and yeah. pictures and things. And, and, and like when we first did for, did like three theaters we sold like almost second to seinfeld jesus christ first tour yeah off, off of that and i was humbled by the whole thing yeah is it also a little frustrating where you're kind of like in a town like hollywood you're like look motherfuckers people like me I have a unique point of view that people respond to get behind me assholes yeah of course but that's that's not personal i know they're not there's no they yeah you know what i mean there's no people in a room going how can we fuck jason <laughs> i wish there was because i'd fucking burn their houses down <laughs> they're not that organized and yeah. people tend to take that a little more personalized oh here. for sure you know what i mean so uh again i forgot the question Shit. well the first thing was i was just talking about like having these sort of ninja fans that you weren't expecting they're all broke by the way it's glorious as is my sound none of my <laughs> fans have any money there's i put more people on the guest list yeah, you know, yeah and i i meet more people and i spend a lot of time with them and from you know uh high level executives to like crust punk kids yeah. you know i have a uh chameleon aspect yeah in social circles and things like that yeah some comics say that the way that you get famous now is like one viral clip and there are a lot like bill burr his clip with after don Marrera in philly yeah, yeah. S sebastian i think it was the bit about having company come over ring your doorbell not expecting it did you have any clip that sort of is viral oh, got viral you for you why? and because the the blue the context of it um one more there's uh they pull my shit. I've had things go like almost a million views uh -huh. and then they get yanked. But From YouTube? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if that's any kind of thing yet. There's videos of me naked. Yeah. On the internet. I, but I think the YouTube people are kind of like, we got to let this slide. <laughs> they got to let it slide. We'll pull an over 18 in it. Yeah. Yeah. That's cock. Yeah. On YouTube. Barely a cock. <laughs> I was backstage actually going, dude. Get some you blood flow. We, going we, need a, we need a semi chub here. Dude, I couldn't even. I go, fuck it, we'll go small. <laughs> we'll go small. I was going to go beat off a little bit in the bathroom. Just flub it around a little bit. Yeah. my ass a little bit, show him who's boss. <laughs> and I go, you know what? This is about comedy. This is not about, it's not a <laughs> cock show. Yeah. But I end up, if you know, if you watch, there's a girl in the audience I end up sleeping with that night. A beautiful <laughs> blonde girl. She's laughing and clapping. She's on my left when I walk. Yeah. And we still keep in touch. Is that Beautiful, the tall. Is that the one we went over the the whole audience and? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I walked through an audience naked. Yeah. On television. Yeah. Like, that's probably where I ended my engagement. <laughs> uh, my Swedish <laughs> girlfriend's parents saw that. Oh that was their my first impression. Yeah. So, doctors, owned a hospital. <laughs> Father, um, cardiologist. Mm -hmm. Mother, gynecologist. Sister psychologist, brother <laughs> urologist, owned a hospital, and Mr. Shitlips over here on family vacation. <laughs> Fucked it. Now you must you knew they were there. So oh, we're part must have been like, fuck it. But oh, they're Swedish. They're not hung up like that's a thing. If it was a violent crime mm -hmm. or a 
murder. Like we we watched Ninja Assassin. Yeah. Over oh, Christmas. God. Yeah. And they were grossed up by the blood. Yeah. Yeah. I have to leave soon. You have to, okay, man. Well, let's let's wrap this up. So, um, I want to hear like uh, so what's next for you? Like, what do you do? You have do you have like a a Big real year. plan? Big year? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, really dude, the, the lead in the horror film is huge, man. Uh, it's cool. Yeah. We'll see how it comes out. Yeah. Uh, it's a feature film. I've got. I'm like fourth, mm-hmm. you know, um, and uh, it's what I asked for. Yeah. I, I struggled, you know, the first couple of days. It was very un- uh, unnerving. Sure. One of the m- most uh, hardest things I've ever done. Really? Yeah. The 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 the. The rhythm of it was very different than comedy. Sure. You know what I mean? Because the rhythm was very, uh, you, lines, eyes, spots, lights, this, yeah. that. You know, with comedy, it's like I'm fucking Steven Spielberg right now. Yeah. I, you, I'm doing all this. Yeah, you make your own fucking lines. Yeah. So, was it hard to do other people's lines? I mean, shit. Yeah, and I had a hard time. We And he gave me license to reword some of it and yeah. tweak it and and uh, leave it open for uh, to make it better. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what else is big on this year? Uh, the special, it's called Sfin, which is Danish for pig. Uh-huh. Um, I'll show you the trailer after um, yeah, yeah. after this. And um, that's it. So, yeah, so we're doing the Now Fear This tour will be um, uh, Denmark, um, uh, co- sorry, Copenhagen, uh, Denmark, uh, Malmo, Sweden, and then Calgary, Vancouver, then back here for June, July, Canada Day show at the Comedy Store. Yeah. You're, you like Canadians. I love Canadians, yeah. <laughs> um, Fourth of July, who doesn't love Americans? Yeah. <laughs> Please, can I stay? <laughs> um, so, yeah, June, July, August, I'll be hanging out here trying to make something happen. And then August, September will be Ontario, will be like Toronto, Hamilton, uh, yeah. all those cities. And then uh, back here for November, December. Oh, November, I go to Mexico City to do some shows in Mexico City in November. And then, yeah, back here, that's my year. And yeah. then it all starts in another cycle. Yeah. Do you have year. like a, a five-year, ten-year plan? I know this little hacky to ask, but... No, not really, you know. I, I took LSD just before I I started doing comedy and was reading a book on quantum physics. Yeah. And had a epiphany. Epiphany, yeah. Yeah. I had some very revealing. So that and... Uh, what was the epiphany? It was like, you're not going to die. Um, if Jim can do it, you can do it. And um, get to it. Yeah. Stop making excuses and humming and hawing. And you're going to get... You got to get in there. You yeah. got to get in. There's no way of stepping around anything. You got to jump in. And it's a constant scene. You're always just this up to here with shit. Just yeah. under your nose, your whole fucking career. Yeah. And you know what? I'm happy to have shit because I can still breathe. Yeah. And that's great. Yeah. Jesus loves everybody, right? That was fucking profound, man. Okay, so I'm going to be in London on uh, uh, April 5th. Up. Yeah, that'd be all. Huh? Do you have a girlfriend? Uh, I just have a girl who'd be very upset. If I said okay, I didn't, I'll fix you with <laughs> no, some yeah. other things. No, but you have some late night. I'll send you some creepy nightclubs. <laughs> I'd love that. You're yeah. gonna have a great time. Yeah. Just come from Holland. You don't speak English very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, well, hey, man, thank you for coming out, man. Yeah, Jason. you've caught me on a, a, at a good time where I'm actually talkative and uh, relatively articulate. But I'm gonna go meet a child at Mel's diner with his family. What? 
there's a young comedian in town from my hometown. Oh. He's like 16, 17 year old yeah. comic, and he's on holiday with his family. I just went to Disneyland, so I'm gonna go meet them at Mel's. Oh man, that's awesome, oh. dude. Chase, you're one of the funniest guys I've ever met. Right you're back you're a you brilliant really? comic, man, and uh, thank you so much. I'm so glad you're able to make it, man. Yeah, man. Signing off. Talk to you soon, brother. It's the after laugh, after laugh. Welcome to the after laugh, after laugh, after laugh. <laughs> after laugh, man. <laughs> Go ahead, pull up a chair. <laughs>